Once again, happy Sabbath. And that's important. We need to be happy today. I know we've all had a week, but we're still here. Because God says, I want you here. I got some things I want to share with you because I got some more things I need for you to do. Amen? Amen. And so we don't get caught in what happened. We get pushed into what's going to happen. And I'm looking forward to what's going to happen. Amen? Amen. And if we will walk with God, there's some wonderful things right ahead of us if we just hold on to him. And we ask that you all would do that even through this sermon today. Hold on through it until we get to the end. Amen? Amen. I see your faces. I see, sometimes I get to, I get to see the spirits that come in and who's, what spirit is sitting next to, to who. And, and, and when, when certain things are said, we see that spirit getting upset. I've seen spirits leave this building. And that's why sometimes I, I'm up here getting excited because I say, oh, that, that demon left. The person's still here. That's what's really good. The person's still here, but the demon has left. So we're going to try to get all those demons out of here this morning. Amen? And we're going to try to learn what God has us for us to learn. Let's go over to the book of Luke. Our, our, our Savior, Jesus, very compassionate, long-suffering, but there's an end to divine forbearance, and we need to keep that in mind. See, when God's mercy, we love God's mercy, don't we? We always say, oh, mercy, God is so merciful. God is forgiving me. God is, there's another side to mercy. Mm -hmm. Ephraim understood that. He said, leave Ephraim alone. He's left to his idols. Because Ephraim, uh, uh, that situation, they just kept doing evil. <laughs> and after a while, God will say, your house is left to you desolate. But that's not going to be our testimony, is it? But don't lean on this mercy presumptuously. For God said in the book of Luke, chapter 13. And let's start at verse 34. We're in Luke chapter 13, and we're in verse 34 this morning. Are we there? Yeah. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. No, Jerusalem was very special to God. Which killeth the prophets. And stonest them that are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, as a hen doth her brood under her wings? And what happened? Ye would not. How often have I shown mercy? How often have I extended my hand to you? How often have I asked you to come back home? But you would not. Therefore, verse 35, behold, your house is left unto you how? Desolate. And verily I say unto you, ye shall not see me until the time come when ye shall say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Amen. He said, I have dealt with you, Jerusalem, over and over again. I have given you my prophets and you stoned them. I have sent my messages and you destroyed them. But it's over for you now. And was it over? We know history, don't we? What happened to the city of Jerusalem in A.D. 70? It was plowed like a field. When one stone left, it's like Christ would say, hey, man, uh, not this great temple you all are worshiping, <laughs> not one stone will be left upon another, and it was not. Why? Because they would not. They would not be converted. 
Last week we talked about being in the right place in the right time, but not having the right spiritual condition. But, but what we understand here, we, uh, Jerusalem would not be converted. Israel would not be converted because converted is more than, the, than you professing Jesus. Go to Jeremiah if you would. See, we can be around God a long time. We can have all the messages and all the, the, the doctrine, and we can have all the Bible studies that we can, but until you are converted, you're not there yet. See, Israel had a problem. They didn't want to be converted. They wanted to be called God's people, but they didn't want to do God's people, if that makes sense. So you got to do God's people. You got to do that. There's a doing to being God's people. And the first thing you have to do is to submit to the spirit of God. Because then you might know how to do. Israel didn't want to do that. They had figured out how to be God's people. Let's go to Jeremiah 44. And this was always fascinating to me. Because if Israel did this, you would think we wouldn't do it today because we have Israel to look at. <laughs> Man, if I was back there, there's no way in the world I would do that. No way in the world I would do that. I heard some people say, there is no way if I was standing at that cross that Jesus would be crucified. And we'd have four stones in our hand. Crucify him, crucify Because you know why I know that? Because today we're saying crucify him, crucify him. When he comes into our lives and says, I need to make an adjustment, crucify him. I don't want that adjustment to be made in my life. What do you mean, Jesus? I know what's best for me. The television told me. Jeremiah 44. Let's begin in verse 15. Jeremiah 44, verse 15. This is when he had sent his prophets. This is before they stoned Jeremiah. Uh, this is, he sent his prophet Jeremiah to talk to his people again. And Jeremiah was explaining to them, he said, look, you're, you're not doing what God asked you to do. Repent and believe. Turn from what you're doing. Jeremiah kept pleading with him because God says, look, you go plead with my people. And this is what his people said to the prophet Jeremiah. Verse 15 said, then all the men which knew that their wives had burned incense unto other gods and all the women that stood by, a great multitude, even all the people that dwelt in the land of Egypt and Pathros and answered Jeremiah saying, no, let's stop before we go to 16. The men watch their wives perform idolatry action. Therefore, whose fault was it? The men. Why? Why? Because the order of the house. Who's, who, God, the father, Jesus, the man, the woman, the children, right? And so well, we know this from history in, Gen in Genesis when he said, Adam, where art thou? He didn't say Eve, nothing. When the thing broke down, he went to the one he left in charge. And so when the word came, he said, you men, you watched your wives do this. Burning incense. Now, you know what incense in the sanctuary is, is the prayers. And, and so they were praying and a actively, uh, what, uh, were trying to, uh, uh, to, to, to partake in a heathen ritual. Verse 16 says, as for the word that thou hast spoken, this is what the people said to Jeremiah. As for the word that thou hast spoken unto us in the name of the Lord, what would they say? Let's read this together. We will not hearken unto thee. Now, Jeremiah was representing who? The words that Jeremiah spoke were 
God's words. Amen? Amen. And they knew that. Why? Because they said that. We know you said this in the name of the Lord, but we're not going to do it. How bold is this? How stiff-necked is this? Verse 16, verse 17. But we will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth forth where? Out of our own mouth to burn incense unto the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her as we, did, as we have done, we and our fathers, our kings, our princes, and the city, cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. So this was not an isolated action. It's not even one generation. He said, our fathers did this. They refuse the word of the Lord. And when the word of the Lord comes to you and says, consider your ways. And we say, we will not hearken unto your voice, but we will do what we want to do. That sound familiar. And they said, for then we had, we had, we had plenty of victuals and, and were well and, and saw no evil. See, they had said, see, when we were serving your enemy, things went well with us. Why? They called it well because their minds were in such a devilish condition, they thought that was good living. To have a freezer full of pork chops. That was good living. Wasn't it? No? Okay. I'm sorry. Some of you have a freezer full of pork chops. I apologize. But, but what God, their minds were so twisted that they would call good evil and evil good. And so they said it was well with us when we were bowing down and sacrificing to this enemy of yours. Matthew 26. Remember, the Bible is not just history. It's our story. It's our story. And we have to find ourselves in this book and see if we are practicing the same things our fathers practiced. Because guess what's going to happen? We're going to have the same end. I think Brother Juan brought out the, the ways of the... Uh, the ways of death, it ends in the ways of death. These things will kill you eternally when you say, no, Lord, I'm going to do it my way. Matthew 26. Because what happens is we get religious and forget Jesus. And what that does, it brings us to a point where we don't need Jesus anymore because we figured it out and things are going well with us. And so we don't even try to know what thus saith the Lord. It's more of a thus saith me. Oftentimes people come and, and say, well, uh, uh, I'm a Christian. I'm a godly person. Uh, and, 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 and they have in their character spots that they don't want to see. See, we come to God based upon our, our desires our desire to do what he would have us to do, but also those desires to hang on to things that we want to hang on to. See, we always look in, our, in the book and we find the things that we connect with, right? To me, it was history. That prophecy thing got me, man, you couldn't tell me, and I was so happy to see, man, that happened, ooh. That was easy for me to grab onto. Oh, but when they started talking about you got to change your ways, then it became uncomfortable. 
And until he gave me this ability to say, amen, do what you got to do. That's the only reason that we can do what we do now. It's not because anything that I have done. It's because he said, look, submit to me. It's time for you to clean out your closet. And so he started going into my closet. And this big giant one that was in the door of the closet was called self. He said, get this one out first, and let me show you how to do it. Because as long as you're selfish, you can't serve me. You can't see me. You can't understand me. Because everything you do in a thus say of the Lord is based on thus believing and saying me. We talked about a little Wednesday night about this beam in our eyes. We can't see how to help anybody as long as this self is in our eyes. We, we'll say in the name of the Lord. We'll say Jesus told me. And you, Jesus will be so far away from what you're doing that sometimes he just has to stop you and say, stop lying on me. Matthew 26. See, we're almost at the end of this journey, this, this, this journey we've been on to try to get ready to meet our maker. We're almost at the end of this journey. And this lesson, God says, look, we got to teach this today. Be converted. Because you can be around this stuff. You can be studying this stuff. But until conversion happens, you're in trouble. Matthew 26. Let's go to verse 37. We'll begin there. Matthew 26, verse 37. It says, and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Now, where was Christ at this point? And he's in the garden, right? The garden of Gethsemane. Okay. He was there. And what was about to happen? To him? He was about to go through this last little thing he had to do in order to save us. And he said he became sorrowful and very heavy. And he said, then saith he unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. See, Jesus is our example in how much? Everything. Right? Yes. Now remember, you answered that question, everything. Let's see what Jesus did when he was exceeding sorrow. And he went a little further and fell on his face, and he did what? Pray. He prayed. So what's the first thing we should be doing? Pray. He said, pray, saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. That's where we normally stop. Because we always got something we want to ask God to do for us. Lord, take this away from me. Don't we? Lord, give me this. Lord, uh, 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 deliver me. We even asked God to heal us. Lord, don't let this happen. But you said Jesus is our example in everything. So let's keep reading. He said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But then he used this word, says what? Nevertheless, not as I will. But what? As thou wilt. Can we do that? Can we trust him that much? Can we? If, if, you, if we do this, it will be well with our soul. It really will be okay. But this tribulation, this point from, Lord, uh, help, if, it, if we, this cup can pass from me until we get to the other side of that, we always fail because we don't want to go through it. 
his will be done. Jesus said, nevertheless, thy will be done. Whose? The Father's will. Why? He trusted him. Do we trust him enough? What happens if it didn't turn out like we wanted it to turn out? God ain't no good. Really? He was all right when things were going what you thought was good. Help us, Lord. What else did he say? Let's keep going. Verse 40, and he cometh unto the disciples, his trusted friends, and findeth them what? Asleep. Oh, boy, now, don't you love brothers? <laughs> You're going through the hardest thing in your whole life, and they're gone. It had to happen this way because there was going to be you by yourself one day. It was going to be you in the Garden of Gethsemane by yourself. Sometimes you're in that closet by yourself. And there was an example that says, even when you're by yourself, I'm with you. And he saith unto Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh had dominion over the spirit in Peter's life and all the disciples. See, when you're tired and you're filled with the spirit, guess what happens? You get rejuvenated. But when the flesh is having dominion and you're trying to do something spiritual, the flesh will cause you to what? Go to sleep in the hour of your best friend's need. He said he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, what? Oh, this is our example, right? Thy will be done. See, there was no selfishness in Jesus. There was no time where he thought about him more than he thought about the will of the Father. What's our testimony today? When we, get, when we, we go through this, this thing called self and this thing called pride and and. What happens, it destroys us. It just cuts our connection off. We can't see Jesus when this is in front of us. We see a semblance of him. We see something through carnal eyes of him, but we don't really connect with him. But we think we do. We think we are knowing Jesus. We think we are following him with our carnal heart. Go to Joshua chapter 7. Did you know that, that somebody in here could be causing us not to make it to the kingdom? That's why church is so important. That's why you have to be in this thing. Because what happens if somebody in here is keeping all of us from going to the next level? What would you do? If I pointed out a person and said, that person is keeping us from going to the next level with Jesus, what would you do? You put him out, pray for him. I'm the man. Now what? Me. Why do you think we're going through this, man? I don't want to be the one that keeps us from going to the next level. So this is what we do. We actually believe this. We actually try to follow this. We actually let the Holy Spirit move us. I know there's no good thing in me. So after this, you can put me out. Didn't somebody say, put, put you out? We need to examine ourselves every day. 
every situation. Say, Lord, is this you or me? Every step of the way. And guess what? When you first start out, it's going to be me, 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 me. All right, Lord. Me, 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 me. But as we walk with the Lord, we're going to find out something. It's going to be more him than us. Amen? But right now, we got a problem in our own lives, in our own families, in our own homes. And here's an example of this problem. Go to Joshua chapter 7, and we're going to begin at verse 3. Joshua chapter 7, verse 3. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up. Now look, this is the arrogancy and the selfishness and the pride of Israel. They said, man, we have been whipping these guys all week. We've gone here beating these big guys. These, we, we've taken over this, this, this town and this city. No one can stand before us. And they forgot why. You know why they didn't stand? Joshua chapter 1 teaches them, look, if you follow me, n- no one will be able to defeat you. Oh, but so they took this position in, in, in three. There was this little town called Ai. I said, and they returned to Joshua and said, look, man, we've been there. Let, let not all the people go up. But let about two or 3,000 men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are what? Not a few. Now, we got this. That was the problem. We got this. Because they had lost their connection momentarily with God. They started to do things they thought were good for them instead of good for God. Verse 4. So there went up thither of the people about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai. This small little town ran them off. And the men of Ai smote of them about what? 30 and 6 men. And they chased them from before the gate, even unto Shebarim, and smote them in the going down. Wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. The people, they lost one battle, and now everybody's doubting the Lord. Sound familiar? Something happens, and we start doubting the Lord. What did the Lord, let's keep reading. This is the way of God. If we follow this way, what he's about to tell us, we're going to have victory after victory. And verse 7 said, And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God. No, I'm sorry, I missed 6. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening tide, he and the elders of Israel, and put dust upon their heads, symbolizing what? Total submission. Lord, help us. What do we, Lord, what, what, what's going on? And, and Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the land of the Amorites, to, to destroy us? Would to God we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. He said, O Lord, What shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it, and shall environ us around, and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? See, Joshua's negotiating. He said, Lord, we have a reputation of winning. Now we've lost. Everybody's going to know we lost, and they're all going to attack us. And, And it's your name, Lord. You know, it's really about you, Lord. Joshua, he understood what was going on. But he forgot the connection. Verse 10 said, and it's so funny. Verse 10 said, and the Lord said unto Joshua, what? Get up. Think about that. Get thee up. 
Wherefore liest thou uh, thus upon thy face? Here's why. Why? Israel has what? Sin. Why? It's no great mystery. He said, because I told you in Joshua chapter 1, if you follow my commandments, don't turn to the left, to the right, you'll have good success. All, all, all armies will fall before you. Well, all armies didn't fall before you. What might be the problem? You sinned. That's the way. That's the way. See, we got to look inside before we start passing judgment, before we start making conclusions and under, trying to say that, well, you know, it, it's like that. No, look inside and see if you have sinned, if you have gone away from what God asked you to go. Look there first. That's where he took Joshua, didn't he? He said, Israel have sinned and have they have what? Also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they have even taken a, a what? The accursed thing, and have also stolen and dissembled it also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Now notice he said, Israel has sinned. Now you know the count, don't you? How many men did this? One. What was his name? Achan. Yeah, we're going to have to start Bible studies again. This, we got to know this stuff. One dude, what did he do? I know you know the story from, from when you were little. What did they can do? He kept stuff he wasn't supposed to have. He kept stuff he wasn't supposed to have. He, he went against the command of God. God told him, don't leave all of that mess alone, that Babylonian stuff, all the stuff that we desire and we covet. He said, leave it alone. Don't bring it within your house because it's going to cause you to be separated from me. It's going to cause you to lose the connection that you have with me. It's going to cause you to lose this particular power I have given this country. And what happened? They lost to a bunch of nobodies. He said, you sinned. And you put this accursed thing among your own stuff. Do we have any accursed things in our own stuff today? It doesn't have to be tangible things. There's something accursed in us that we have to get out. Proverbs chapter, if you would. Proverbs chapter 8. There's two things mentioned here that we have to get rid of this moment. At least ask God. See, first you got to confess it. First you got to own it, right? You got to own that something's wrong. That's hard to do, ain't it? We don't own it, you don't get forgiven. See, how, am I gonna for, how is he going to forgive you if you don't ask for it? Well, Lord, I don't have that problem. Really? You don't have that problem. I just told you you had that problem, but you said, you, okay, fine. Here's something God says we all have a problem with. Are we okay with this? If we read from the Bible, are we okay with it? Yeah. Proverbs 8. Let's read 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate what? Evil. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I what? Hate. He doesn't use that a lot, does he? No. He said, I hate them things. I hate those things. He said, these are the, what, what did he call them? And he said, you have taken the accursed thing. These are the accursed things that are living in our hearts right now that are keeping us from being what God would have us to be. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way. See, God has a way, right? We read about God's way when he was dealing with Israel. He said, look, check yourself and, I'll, and then you'll understand what's happening. See, evil way says, blame somebody else. 
Or even worse than that is not blame somebody else, but blame God. Because God's an evil tyrant, isn't he? He just hates us. How much evidence of that do we have? None. But we, he's the first one that gets blamed. And then if, if we're not bold enough to blame God, we'll blame somebody else. We never look within and say, Lord, search me. What was my role here? We're in Proverbs. We got that. Everyone believes that their way is their way, is the right way. Everyone does. But God says, I have one way. Let's go to John chapter 3. There's an issue that we have to deal with. This pride and this arrogancy. We got to deal with it. And there's only one way to deal with it. Because we're going to the next level with Jesus. We are preparing to have his spirit fill us. And when we get to the right place at the right time and we don't have the right spirit, we're going to miss out on the right blessing. I know sometimes I wish it. I went to another church too, Brother Al. Church where I could just go and sing and talk business, eat food, hear a good message, be happy. But I heard Jesus say something different. And here we are. John 3. Anybody, anybody familiar with the Pharisees? Pharisees were pretty arrogant, stiff-necked, unhumble type people because they knew the word of God. They worked in the church. They worked around the church. They were, they were the head leaders of the body. They, they could, you, you couldn't tell them anything. They were us, right? So Nicodemus, a Pharisee, he came at Jesus by night because pride and arrogancy wouldn't let him come by day, right? He had this, this accursed thing in him. And, and he was trying to ask him something, thinking he was spiritual, but he was thinking in a carnal mindset. And so what did Jesus do? He moved him from here to there. Now, let's go to verse 1. He said, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. See, that's how you do in a business meeting. You know, oh yes, I give you your props, you give me my props. I know you're good, you know, you're a great guy. You know. And you know, especially if you're trying to find out some information. That's how we were taught to do in a business meeting. You need something from that person, make him think he's the best thing on earth and he'll give you everything. If, you, if he doesn't see you as a threat, he's, he might even help you. So that's what they, hey, Rabbi, hey, you're a good guy. Hey, good to see you. He said, we know you're a teacher to come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus cut him right there. He said, I don't play that game. Let me tell you what this is really all about. Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Did that sound like anything Nicodemus was talking about? He didn't even get a chance to ask a question. He said, Jesus said, I know you. You're gonna, I'm going to use you because I see you have a good heart. 
And Nicodemus ended up being on the Lord's side. But he took him where he needed to go, born again. Let's keep reading. He said, except a man be born again, he what? Cannot. Is that the word? He cannot what? See the kingdom. He cannot. So if we're not born again, I don't care how many Bible studies we're in, I don't care how much Bible working we're doing, if we're not born again, we cannot see the kingdom. Verse 4 said, Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, ma'am, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of the what? Water and of the what? Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Have you been to the water? Right there, some of you. You've been to the water, huh? What did that symbolize? Buried and resurrection. He said, if you hadn't been buried, and all that stuff buried with it, and been resurrected in me, and then born of the spirit, because when you get that, I can give you my spirit so you can start understanding and you can start doing my stuff. He said, if you're not born of the water of the spirit, man, you can't even get into this place. These accursed things are killing us. He said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. See, we have fleshly understanding of the spirit. He said, you can't understand the spirit through the flesh, and we have to get rid of the flesh today. This pride and this arrogancy got to go. Because what happens, you're going to stand up against God himself, as in, they did in Jeremiah, and say, we will not hearken unto your voice. Have we ever done that before? Have we ever said, no, Lord? Genesis 32. There was, a, there was, a, 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 there was a, an occurrence here that's going to help us. It's going to help us to understand how we get past this, how we get born again, how we get converted. And here, this particular account is, is so, so, so relevant to us. Because we talked about Nicodemus. Now we're going to talk to somebody who was the grandchild of Abraham. You're you talking about a Pharisee. Before the Pharisees were. You were the, if you were the grand... Kate, if you were the granddaughter of Abraham, you'd feel pretty confident in your lineage, wouldn't you? So did Jacob. Because God talked to my granddaddy. My father was a miracle child from the hand of God. And now me, Jacob, mess. <laughs> Jacob was a mess. Jacob was a spoiled little boy. He was a mess. But let's see what happened to Jacob. Because he had pride and he had arrogancy. Did he not? He had all the things God says I can't deal with. He said the evil way, Jacob practiced the evil. Now look at this, verse 24 of Genesis 32. And Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name should 
be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince thou hast power with God and with men and hast prevailed. Let's stop right there before we go on. What happened that night? Jacob had to come face to face with Jacob. He had to say, Lord, yes, it's me. You know how the disciples were around the, around the, 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 the table and all of them were asking, Lord, is it I? You know, after God told them, that Jesus told them that, 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 that they were going to be, uh, one of you were going to betray me. And they kept wanting to say, Lord, is it I? Is it I? Jacob had to come to that. Lord, it is me. I'm where I am because of me. I stole. I deceived. I didn't follow what my father told me to. I did all these things. You ever think back that you might be in your current circumstance because you disobeyed your parents 20 years ago? I often see people who, who, who are in bad marriages. Folks told them don't get married. Now they want Jesus to save them. Jesus said, go back to where you disobeyed your parents. Ask for forgiveness. And that's where I'm going to be. Start right there. Oh, no, I don't. No, no, I'm, I'm my own person. I was grown when I got married. Jacob had to come to this. And what did Jacob do? Jacob spent a few minutes with this guy, right? All night. So you got to hold on, don't you? Through it all. And what happened to Jacob? It was a pleasant night. They were out on the patio. Had a little lamb roasting over there and... No. He was comfortable. No. The, he was, you ever dislocated something? Yes. It hurts. His thigh was out of joint. Did that stop him from holding on? So when we're discomforted, when we are in a tribulation or in a trial, does that excuse us from holding on? No. Not if you're seeking it like he asked you to seek it. Jacob was seeking for answers. He was seeking for deliverance. And what he got was salvation. He got forgiveness because he held on and he fessed up. And he said, look at what God did to him. He said, Jacob asked him in verse 28, and he said, thy name, I'm sorry, it's 27. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, what? Jacob. Now, what was the definition of Jacob? Deceiver, Deceiver supplanter. Why do you think Jesus asked him that? You got to fess this, man. You got to confess this. You can't hide behind Abraham any longer. You can't hide behind your parents any longer. Me and you are right here. You're going to have to confess that you are not what you're supposed to be. You are a deceiver. You are a supplanter. And so right before the blessing, and the blessing didn't come until he confessed it. We want a blessing. We don't want to admit it. We don't want to own it. We want to blame somebody else for our, our trial and our tribulation. I don't care. Well, you know, they didn't do what they were supposed to do. The blessing didn't come until they confessed their sin. And what did Jesus do? He said, all right, I hear you. That's why we wrestled all night. So you can understand the way of God. And he, what did he call him? He called him Israel. Why? What did Israel mean? Overcomer. He said, now you've overcome. 
He said, he said, thy name shall no be called more more Jacob, but Israel, for as a prince thou hast power with God and with men and hast prevailed. That's the blessing. You have the power of God on your side. And Jacob asked him and said to me, tell me, I pray thee thy name. And he said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And did he, what did he do? He blessed them there. He knew he was talking to. You know why I got proof? Verse 30. And Jacob called the name of the place what? Peniel. For I have seen who? God face to face, and my life is preserved. Amen. He saw God face to face. He knew who he was. He knew that was the only one that could save him. He knew that was the only one that could bless him. The, the, he, the thing he needed, only God could give. But God says, I have a way. I can't give it to you unless you come down my way. And the first thing you have to do is confess it. Clean out your closet, people. Let God do that. Stop hiding the things we don't want to give up. Put them out on the, in the living room. Let them come through and get them. Amen? Amen. Matthew 18. We're going to get you out of here in just a second. Matthew 18. This is how you come to God. Remember, there's a way of God. And there was an evil way that, 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 that Jeremiah uh, was talking about. This is a way of God. In 18th chapter of Matthew, let's go to verse 1. Because this, this, the cursed thing, this pride and this arrogancy and the evil way is killing us. It's keeping us from where we should be with God. Matthew 18, verse 1. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? What a mindset. They were always worried about this kingdom. And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, Except what? Now, then he starts telling you how that looks. He said, except ye be converted and what? Become as little children. Ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's a pretty definite statement. He said, be converted and become what? As little children. What did he mean by that? Start over. Be born again. Be a child. It's really okay. It's really to say, Lord, it's me. I confess. I'm sorry. Can I be a kid again? <laughs> Who wouldn't want to be a child again? Anybody, anybody over eight wants to be a child. And that's what God says. Look, I'll make you. Come at me like that, with that trust that a child has. Say, look, you go to eat Brussels sprouts without you complaining about them. See, grown people don't eat Brussels sprouts, do they? But God says, look, as a child, you'll, you'll, give, you'll eat what I give you and be happy because that's what children do. If you raise them right, you don't have these conversations with children. Why are we trying to have that conversation with God? God says, I am your father, which art in heaven. Amen. We say that, don't we? Yes. I'm trying to, hey, sit down at my table and let's eat. What do we do? What you got? <laughs> what y'all eating today? Help us, Lord. He said, except ye be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom. Whosoever therefore shall what? Humble. Humble himself as this little child. The same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now notice what this little child did. He said he called the child what? To him. And what did the child do? He went to him. He said, be like that one. When I call you, come. 
Stop resisting me. Stop trying to justify your own methods and your own way. He said, be humble. Humble as a little child. You would think we would have that, no problem with that, considering that the guy who's talking to us is the creator of the universe. Amen. Your boss call you right now. You go home. <laughs> oh, man, I got to go. Hey, see y'all later. But this is God. He calls, and what do we do? We won't answer. Or if we do, we give him grief. Even conversion is not to be used on us. He said, I want you to be converted, right? Become a little child. I'll do these things. I'll help you. I'll bless you like I blessed Jacob to be Israel. He said, but even in that, it's not for you. Last scripture, Luke 22. Well, I'm sorry, Brother Michael. I think it's the last scripture. Luke 22. <laughs> Luke 22. He was talking to Peter. Peter who said, I, I will do anything for you, Lord. I'm your boy. He kept telling Peter, son, you have no idea what you're talking about. You can't do that. You're not ready for that. Yes, I am. Verse 31, Luke 22. He says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may what? Sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art what? Converted. Do what? So your conversion is for what purpose? To strengthen your brother. See, if you go at being converted for your benefit, you'll never be converted. Because it's never about you, is it? The blessings of God are for the glorifying of him. When, God, when you ask for a blessing, God bless me. And you're asking it because I want to be blessed. You got to keep going around that same lesson. You ever ask somebody, ask God, say, Lord, bless me so I can bless somebody else. Lord, help me so I can help somebody else. I know sister so-and-so is in trouble, and I just don't have it, Lord. Bless me so I can help. Nine times out of eight, the blessing comes. I know we got some witnesses of that in here. God said, it's not for you. It's, it's, it's for my kingdom. It's for my glory. It's for your, your fellow man and your fellow your woman. It's, it's, I'm trying to use you to help somebody else. But what do we do? We get blessed and start building bigger bonds. We get blessed and then start believing it was us. Well, see, I'm holy enough. That's, that's why I'm getting all of this. No. Keep reading. And he said unto him, Lord, Peter now, God already told him you're not converted. God already told him he ain't ready. But what did Peter say? And he said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee, both unto prison and unto death. Why? He was looking through carnal eyes at a spiritual reality. He was looking through his power to keep God's way. He was looking through selfish and prideful and arrogancy. And all he could see was how I would protect my God. What did Jesus say to him? And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt what? Thrice deny that you even know me. No, see, because Peter just said, I'll go to prison and to death. Now that's closer than knowing somebody, is it? He said, man, not only are you not ready for 
prison and death. But what? You don't even know. You will, you will not claim me. But if you went up just a little bit, Peter could hold on to this statement. I have prayed for thee. And he didn't say if you converted. He said when. Amen. Didn't that give you some hope this morning? We are some unconverted individuals. Can we admit that? Some of us can. Will. But he said, when you're converted, and who does the converting? Jesus. After we what? What is the way? Hey, if you confess and repent, what does repent mean? Turn away. How are you going to turn for something you don't even know is wrong? Or at least admit it's wrong. Anybody got any issues in here that we got to say, Lord, some of us don't think we have them. And then the prayer from Psalms comes in. What's that song? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Yeah. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there's any wicked way in me. Yeah. Maybe, you know, it might be something I didn't remember. But he didn't leave us there. He said, lead me in the way everlasting. God's going to lead us, y'all. We've got to clean this closet out. Let him have it. Be Confident enough in God to say, Lord, search me. Are we that confident? Are you afraid what he's going to find? He already know. It's not for him. It's for us. Lord, I didn't know that elephant was in there. He said, that's why I'm taking it down this path. Search. Come on. Because in Isaiah, it says, your sin is separating you. And if you don't think you have these sins and you are separated, who's deceived? Help us, Lord. Are we ready? Ready for the search? What's going to happen in the search? Is he going to find something? You ready to let it go? Oh, that's right. Let it go, Alvin. Let it go. He's going to find it. Let it go. I said, Lord, please. Whew. Man, I didn't know how wicked that thing really was. I didn't know I still had it. See, because sometimes guess what? We, it's going to be swept clean, but we forgot to fill it with the Holy Ghost. And so seven of his brothers come back. And we got to sweep all over again. Ask him to search you. And guess what will happen? He'll find it. He'll remove it. And guess what happened to us? We'll go to the kingdom. And on the way to the kingdom, the physical kingdom, we'll help others. And that's what it's all about. Let's have a word of prayer.